The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Blihan Jr. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telakaas, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 230 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los, Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3 in Comcast Channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central, California, in Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Cali for 98 years, and our prayer tall, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. In celebration of Palm Sunday, we start our musical program today with a song sung by the church choir entitled, 10,000 Hosannas. They are led by choir director Emilia Hahn and accompanied by Edith Matsuka on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Please join in and sing along with our members following the words on your television screen. We rejoice with highest praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 
who provided a way for the salvation of our souls. the members of the church band to play a musical rendition of Jerusalem the Golden, led by yours truly.
Next is trusty associate pastor Evan Spoke Sr. to sing the uplifting song, Oh, I Want to See Him. He's accompanied by myself on the piano, associate pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Seneca Rose Han on the drums. As I journey through the land, singing as I go, praising souls to Calvary, to the crimson flow. Many arrows pierce my soul from without within. But my Lord leads me on, through him I must win. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory. Let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. When before me billows rise from the mighty then my Lord directs my bark, he will safely And he leads me gently on through this world below. He's a real friend to me. Oh, I love him so. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to For their second song, the church choir will sing, He is Worthy. Yes, saints and friends, we lift our voices in song and praise of the Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the hope of our salvation. God is love. He is light, He is goodness and life, and His name is Jesus. 
This next musical number is an odd hop solo by Punahele Kapuni, who will play a rendition of Amazing Grace. She is also accompanied by Chelsea Sus Pastor Evans Broad Sr.
Our group vocalist today is the Men Crusaders who will sing I Will Praise Him. This song is dedicated to Harriet MacDonald of Molokai. May the joy of the Lord fill your heart and mind, and His great love bringing you much happiness. Have a wonderful and blessed day. When I saw the cleansing fountain Open wide for all my sin I obeyed the Spirit's warning When He said, Wilt thou be clean? I will praise Him I will praise Him, praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give Him glory, all ye people, for His blood can wash away each stain. Though the way seems straight and narrow, all I claimed was swept away. My ambitions, plans, and wishes at my feet in ashes lay. Then God's fire upon the altar of my heart was set aflame. I shall never cease to praise Him. Glory, glory to His name. I will praise Him. I will praise Him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give Him glory, all the people, for His blood can wash away each stain. Blessed be the name of Jesus. I'm so glad He took He has cleansed my heart from sin. I will praise Him. I will praise Him. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give Him glory, all ye people, for His blood can wash away his stain. I will praise him, I will praise him, praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Give him glory, all ye people, for his blood can wash away Give him glory, all ye people, 
can wash away each stain. Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television times, stations, and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Chartered Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 a.m to 7 a.m. on station KQTA TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing service at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Kensonero Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Bologo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vespia Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. What a pleasure it is to have each of you join us, telecast viewers, today. I'm especially pleased that you have elected to partake in the reading of God's Word with me and hear the glorious gospel of the Kingdom of God. In my realm of experience, I have often found that when faced with difficult situations, most people will begin to search and exhaust all kinds of avenues of possible help. 
and for some reason come to the right place last. Therefore, I pray that the sermon today entitled Hosanna in the Highest will bring you to the knowledge that no matter what the difficulty, a guaranteed and absolute source of help, deliverance, or solution may just lie in the Lord and Savior Himself, Jesus Christ. Remember, He is just a prayer away. But in the process, much faith and patience may be required of you in return. Will you have the perseverance to endure to the end? Today is Palm Sunday, a day we commemorate our Lord's entrance into Jerusalem. Jesus knew all things. He did not commit himself unto men, because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. He knew God's will for him. He knew why he came into the world. Through the gospel of the kingdom of God, we have learned and understand that Jesus knew his earthly ministry was drawing to a close. He knew the hour was approaching when he would finish his mighty work by dying on the cross. In times past, he had kept his mission secret. Now there was no longer any need to do that. It is not fitting that the Lamb of God should come to die privately and silently. Before he died, every eye had to be centered on him. The final countdown and crowning act of his life was to take place where and when all the world could know it. Jesus headed towards Jerusalem and stopped outside the village of Bethesda. He sent two disciples into the village with prior instructions. We read in Matthew 21, 2 and 3. Go into the village over against you, and straightway shall find an ass tied and a coat with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them. And straightway he will send them. Well, they did exactly what Jesus told them to do. They brought the two animals to him. Then a saddle of clothing was put upon the donkey, and Jesus rode into Jerusalem, seated upon the animal. As he rode, a great multitude went before him. Some spread their garments in his pathway, while others cut down branches from palm trees and placed them before him as they cried out joyfully. Reading John 12, 13 to 15, Hosanna! Blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, thy king cometh, sitting on an ass's coat. Now as they entered Jerusalem, we find that all the city was moved. And they said, Who is this? And the multitudes with Jesus answered, This is Jesus the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Now let us take a look at this presentation. First, we learn that Jesus had a perfect knowledge of all things. He knew where the donkey would be tied. He knew that she would have a coat by her side. He knew what her owner would say. And just as it was back then, nothing can be hidden from his eye even today. He sees us in the brightness of midday and the blackness of midnight. You can get away from everyone in the world. You can flee to the ends of the earth, but he still sees you and knows all about you. So we need to be careful in what we say and what we do. His eyes are upon us. Let us behave and glorify our Father who art in heaven. 
One day, a farmer went over to his neighbor's field to steal some watermelons. He took his little boy along with him. He first looked every way, north, south, east and west. They began to put the watermelons into the bag. The youngster wisely rebuked his father and said, Father, you forgot to look one way. You forgot to look up. Yes, we must never get to look up. He sees all that we do. He knows all about it. He will hold us accountable both here and in the life hereafter for our deeds and words. This means one sin shall find one out. Second, we notice here how prophecy was fulfilled to the minutest detail in the life of Christ. 450 years before this time, Zechariah under God had prophesied that Jesus would come into Jerusalem riding on a donkey. And it happened just as he said. As you read in Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and roaring upon an ass and upon a coat, the foal of an ass. Many people ignore prophecy. Some pre-preachers might even make light of it. But we can know surely that the prophecies concerning his second coming are to be as literally fulfilled as those concerned with his first coming. Reading John 14, 2-3, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Why didn't the people, including the religious leaders of today, recognize him? And why don't some of the religious leaders today believe in his second coming? Why? It is simply because they do not pay heed to prophecy. He literally came to earth in person the first time. And likewise, he will literally come to earth in person the second time as well. He came to suffer in humiliation the first time. He will come in glory the second time to rule and reign. We read in Acts 1, 9-11, And when he, that is Jesus, had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand he gazing up into heaven? This saying, Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Yes, the same Jesus shall come again, the same way that he went. He went away in a glory, his glorified body, thus he will return in his glorified body. He went away as a person, he will return as a person. He was seeing ascending, ascending, thus he will be seen descending. When he returns, angels and believers will be with him. The important thing for true born-again Christians to do is to witness and watch until he returns. In other words, occupied until he comes. Thirdly, we see the humility of Christ. He could have asked for a span of beautiful horses and an elegant chariot in which to ride as he entered the city. He could have ridden into Jerusalem in splendor as today's rulers ride. But he rode on the most homely and humblest animal known to the world and subjected himself to further ridicule by choosing one that was followed by a coat. Jesus was not a high and mighty and unapproachable potentate. 
He was sweet, humble, and friendly, which means that we can approach Him today with all our needs. His ear is always open to our cries. His heart is always beating in sympathy with ours. Fourthly, we learn that man's favor and applause are fleeting things. One day the multitudes cried out, Hosanna! For days later, the cries of these same people changed drastically. Read in Mark 15, 13 to 14, and they cried out again, Crucify him! Then Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil hath he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, Crucify him! This is truly characteristic of human nature, for nothing is so fickle and fleeting as popularity. It is here today, gone tomorrow. There is only one upon whom we can really depend on. And Jesus is his name, as you read in Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Here is another lesson from this same event. Just as the gates were thrown open wide to admit Christ on that day, so ought we to throw open the doors of our hearts and let him in today. Reading John 10, 7, 9, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Yes, TV viewers, behold your Savior. He offers himself to you. He brings with him every good thing for time and eternity. Open your hearts to him. Open your homes to him and open your businesses to him. Don't be like the innkeeper who would find no room for him the night the Savior was born. On one occasion, Jesus entered the temple, and what he found there made him very upset, as you read in Matthew 21, 12 to 13. And Jesus went to the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them that sold doves, and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer but he had made it a den of thieves. Needless to say, Jesus' anger was quite intense. Do I mean to say that the meek and lowly Jesus, the one who had just ridden to town on the donkey, became angry? Yes, I mean just that. He saw enough in the temple to fill him with righteous indignation. The house of God was not being used as a house of worship, but as a den of thieves. People were trading, buying, selling right there in this sacred place. When some men see a chance to make a dollar, they rush in regardless of where it is. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted it after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. God has to send sorrows, sicknesses, and afflictions to draw people back into the house of God. In the old days of old, in the days of old, sheep, oxen, and doves were needed for sacrifices in the temple. Therefore, certain men rushed in to open up a market. They profaned the temple in order to carry on their businesses. They bought their sheep, oxen, and doves right into the temple and turned it into a dirty, smelly, noisy, and unruly marketplace. Those who entered the temple to worship found not a quiet sanctuary, but a place of confusion, noise, and fierce competition as the merchants sold their wares. Besides all this, there were several tables where the money changers changed foreign money into the coin of the land, just as we find today at the banks and airports. When Jesus saw all of this, his anger was aroused, and he did something about it. He made a whip of cords and started after the fellows concerned. 
His blazing eyes struck terror into their hearts. They could not stand before him. They swept the money bags onto the floor and turned over the tables. He stormed through the temple, driving out the cattle and releasing doves. He drove everything before him, crying out, My house shall be called the house of prayer. But he had made it a den of thieves. The question is, was Jesus out of character here? Did he simply lose his school? Was he less divine here with a whip in his hands than he was when those hands were nailed to the cross? No, Jesus was perfectly in character here. God is a God of love, but he is also a God of wrath. He will not let sin go unpunished. He will not overlook it. Listen to Ezekiel 18.4. Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinned, it shall die. In other words, every man bears his own responsibility for God. It is not inherited by the children. The sinful nature is passed to all the sons of Adam. There are some people who go through life without repentance. They live in sin and rebellion against God. They say that God is a God of love who will overlook their sinful ways and take them home to heaven at the end of their lives. Oh, how wrong they are. We are also told that in the day of judgment, men will cry out for the rocks and the mountains to hide them from the wrath of the Lamb. That is the reason I urge you today to repent of your sins and accept Jesus as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord. What is repentance? Repentance means God is sorrowful sins, meaning to have another mind, to change the mind, to indicate a change of mind in regards to sin, God, and self. Some came to the church one night with his light. He realized his light lacked what was necessary to enter into the kingdom of God. He heard about the wonderful works of God performed in the Apostolic Faith Church through the telecast, how the blind soul, the deaf heard, the lepers cleansed, the cancerous and asthmatic healed, and the broken hearted revived. As a result, he acknowledged that Jesus was the master and that no one could do these miracles except God be with him. Thus he came to the church and informed him of John 3, 5, which reads, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the seventh verse he reads, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. True Christians are not made, they are born again. To be born of water is to be baptized in water by immersion and in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2, 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And to be a member of the body of Christ, one must be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues or in unknown language. The only evidence provided in the Bible which can be used to verify and substantiate that one has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost is found in Acts 2.4. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It is the Spirit that gives utterance, not man or a church. This person who came to the church repented of his sins, bringing fruits worthy of repentance, gladly received God's word and was baptized. Today that person is walking the Lord, having given up his former light to follow Jesus, the light of the world. He also realized that the name of Jesus is essential and vital to true and complete salvation. It is stated so in Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I say amen to that. 
There are times when we ought to get angry like Jesus was in the temple. We ought to get angry at the drug traffic that tears down the young as well as the old. We ought to get angry at the liquor traffic which causes drunkenness on the highways which in turn causes accidents and deaths. We ought to get angry at all the crimes taking place in our society today. Rapes, murders, robbery and every evil one can think of which tears down the life and happiness of men and women. Jesus became angry in God's house. Thus it is not wrong for us to get angry at life's injustices and try to do something about them. I don't mean we should lose our tempers continually in sinful anger. Jesus was our example. While on the cross, he ruled his own spirit well and said not a word. The Bible says that a man who rules his own spirit is greater than one who takes a city. There is only one way to rule your own spirit. You must submit yourself to Christ and ask him to be helped to remain calm and be tender and sweet. One day Jesus was hungry. He came to a fig tree and looked upon it for fruit, but he found it there, nothing but leaves. The Lord does not want rubbish in our lives. He wants it to bear fruit. We read Matthew 21, 19 to 20, and when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only and said unto him, let no fruit grow on these henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how soon is this fig tree withered away? Today, many make an outward show. The Lord does not look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. Beneath the leaves or rubbish, there are no fruits, no spirituality, no grace, no faith, no love, no humility. Therefore, what they believed to be the truth withered away. Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was burned. Daily sacrifice was taken away, and the people were scattered to the ends of the earth. Today, we see Jerusalem compassed with armies, and the great desolation of which Jesus spoke is near at hand. What a warning this is to us. We can have a beautiful buildings, a large congregation, large organizations, a fabulous budget, yet fail because we do not have the inward power and spirituality which God expects us to have. Oh, let us be careful to see that our living for Jesus is true and that we bear more than mere leaves. Then there is the parable of a man who rented his vineyard to some men and departed for a far off country. <clears throat> At the proper season, he sent his servants to collect the rent. Instead of paying the rent, the renters beat and killed the servants. As we read Matthew 21, 35, 36. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. Last of all, he sent his son, saying, They will reverence my son. But these wicked men killed the son also, as we read in verse 38. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and let us seize on his inheritance. Now, says Jesus, these wicked men will be destroyed. The video will be rented out to someone else. The reference here is meant primarily for the Jewish nation. God has done everything to win them to himself. Listen to John 1.11. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Even those who were highly religious rejected the Lord Jesus Christ as their king. He sent Noah and the flood. He sent Moses, the law, and the idea of blood sacrifice. He sent King David and his psalms of forgiveness, but they continued in their sins. Last of all, he sent his son, and they slew him upon the cross. He said that they had rejected him the cornerstone of life. We are informed that at the time, certain Greeks were present in Jerusalem and requested an interview with Jesus. They had heard of him. And they had great, the great things that he had done. They desired to get close enough to talk to him, but the interview had not been granted. What a great disappointment this was for the Greeks, who were discouraged and disillusioned with their own traditional and pagan religion. 
In all probability, they were seeking the truth and hope to discover it through Jesus. They are typical of so many people today. They have tried the world. They have tried pleasure. They have tried all forms of religion, yet they have found no peace of mind and heart. Would to God that men everywhere would come to Jesus, for He alone can provide peace and contentment. As for the Greeks, they encountered Philip, one of the disciples of Christ, said to him, Sir, we would see Jesus. Here's a significant thought. When the world wants to see Jesus, it usually doesn't look into the Bible, nor does it look into the world of nature, but it looks into the lives of true born-again Christians. Jesus, while he beheld the city of Jerusalem, wept. After all, he had come to seek and to save this very city. He was soon to leave the temple for the last time and thus cried out in Matthew 22:37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them, which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Yes, this was a farewell of long-suffering love. He proclaimed to a city that would not repent. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. And now the church band will conclude today's telecast with a spirited number entitled, Glory to His Name.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.